Hey there, it's Jake. Before we jump in, I wanted to let you know that this episode of The Online Hustle is a bit of a time capsule. It's from a podcast I used to run between 2012 and 2016. You're going to hear some references to that show, uh, to businesses and content that may have changed or may not even exist anymore. In today's episode, we have got Justin Cook from Empire Flippers on the call today. So we're going to be looking at how he went about starting first the AdSense Flippers and then, of course, now the Empire Flippers. And we'll just have a general, I guess you could say, fireside chat about his experience in business and a little bit about online marketing. So let's get stuck straight into that episode right now. Justin, how are you? Good, Jake. Uh, great to be here, man. Really excited to be on the show. Yeah, fantastic. This is certainly an episode I've been hoping to bring to our listeners for a while now because the Empire Flippers podcast is probably one of my favorites. It's in my weekly listening schedule, and I'm sure some of our listeners are familiar with you. And so I'd love to get you on here and speak a little bit about podcasting and how you've been able to really monetize the podcast as well. Yeah. So here's the funny thing. I wasn't a podcaster. My business partner and I, Joe, were never podcasters. We'd started listening a little bit to the Lifestyle Business Podcast. And we met up with Dan and Ian, and they both highly recommended we do a podcast. They said, oh, you guys would be great on a show. You guys bounce ideas off each other. be fantastic. And we were like, I don't know. That's a little out there. On a podcast, you're hearing, I don't know. What if we can just stay behind the scenes? And so we said, we'll try it. And there was a really good response. So we got a good listener base built up. And funny enough, it's become one of the major draws, I think, to Empire Flippers is us being on the podcast and doing a weekly show. Yeah, it's amazing how podcasting is for building your own authority and building the brand because it's such a powerful medium. We've discussed it in a few earlier episodes of the show, but certainly it's probably one of the quickest ways to build a following and, and to really to build your authority in a market. I think it's great because you can tell pretty quickly those that have chops versus those that don't. On a blog post, you get time, you can think it through or reference other sources, but you have to know what you're talking about on a podcast or it's going to be pretty clear that you're talking out of your ass. Yeah, absolutely. And your model with Empire Flippers is certainly one where that really is the case. I've got it easy here because I'm interviewing people. So all I'm doing is really relying on the guest being excellent. And then most of my job is done. You've got it harder because you've got to come up with the content yourself. It's a lot easier when you talk about things that you know about. And so we have guests on our show too, especially for areas that we're not so strong ourselves. We'd rather bring in people that are experts in that area to explain it to us and our audience. In fact, some of our better shows are things we're trying to figure things out for ourselves. And you'll see in later episodes how we actually implemented some of those strategies to add another profit stream or to build out our empire even further. So a lot of times our guests bring ideas or give us suggestions or strategies that end up making us more money a couple months down the road. Yeah, cool, cool. So let's go back to the start. You just mentioned that you're a listener of the Lifestyle Business Podcast and Dan Andrews had mentioned that you should get into podcasting. So you have to have some sort of business before even thinking about getting into podcasting, I think. So let's, how about you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself, Justin, and, and what you do and what has got you to where you are now? Yeah. So my business partner and I, Joe Magnotti and, and Justin Cook, we, we were originally working as middle management for a local SEO company in the U.S., they had a need for offshore outsourcing. We'd had a little bit of experience with sending some work offshore. And we said, look, we think we can handle that for you. We started working with some agents that were offshore. And eventually we outsourced ourselves. We put a proposal together, said, look, why don't we take this, build something offshore, and we can really expand the business there. Because we were hiring like mad in the U.S., we said, look, why don't we hire agents offshore? It's much cheaper and our profit per employee is much higher because they're not direct employees. Joe and I set up an outsourcing company 
with the, our previous employers as our major client. So we moved out to the Philippines. We're in Davao City in the south of the Philippines now. Opened an office, set up a Philippines corporation, and went to work. So we started working as outsourcers originally. Um, that client, months down the road, ended up canceling on us. Uh, we picked up other clients and stuff, but we needed a way to apply our agents to still make enough to cover their salary. We were worried that we had these smart, talented agents that when that client dropped, we didn't want to get rid of them. So we tried a couple of different things. And the one that stuck was building niche websites. So we started creating these small niche websites and they were profitable, monetized via AdSense, Google AdSense, and they started to make a little bit of money. And so we, we took a different approach with our content around the niche sites. We said, look, why don't we just be completely transparent? Like the kind of stuff that we would never do with our main business because it was too scary. Why don't we just tell everyone exactly how we're doing it, explain where we're going and see what happens with it. And we did that. And that's when our brand really started to take off. People started to really pay attention. We started to build a larger audience and, and it was great for us. Yeah, cool. That's awesome. I know, certainly from my perspective, I don't have a real interest in AdSense and building niche sites, but listening to what was originally AdSense Flippers and now the Empire Flippers, I really resonated with it, even though I wasn't even looking to replicate these AdSense sites. So where does that connection come from with your listeners, do you think, when you're podcasting? So we found that we have three different types of listeners, the ones that are looking to build niche sites and don't really have all that much cash themselves. They're looking, they just want us for their free content and the process. Another group of people that are um, listening because they have cash and they're looking for good investments, uh, sites they can purchase. They're possibly looking to sell sites with us on our marketplace. And there's a third group that's more kind of like the expat entrepreneur crowd, or they dig the fact that we talk about business strategies and ways we've set up our corporation and that kind of thing. And they don't care so much about the niche side or authority site stuff. They're more there for the business content. So Really, we try to balance with our content all three different groups and try to make sure that we're giving information that helps all three different groups. And I think that's our appeal. And I guess we could probably break it down to, okay, who get, who do we make the most money off of out of those groups? Mm. But I don't know. That just seems... It just seems wrong. Like I, I like all the, all three of those groups, and I like to talk to and work with all uh, people in all three. So I don't care so much that we need to focus on one particular group. I'm happy to support all three. Yeah, cool. Okay, so you had this business building AdSense sites or were building up this other stream for your employees when they weren't over the top busy. Uh, and you've started this podcast. What was the aim of starting the podcast originally? We wanted to have a better way to connect with some of our readers. And the suggestion was, or the idea was, is that it's a great way to move people down the value funnels. I, I look at it this way. We have like our casual readers. Someone who's read us a couple of times may come back and read us in a few months. That's great. And then we have the regular readers that will read most of our blog posts and follow along with our emails and stuff. And then we have the fans and the super fans, right? The fans read every blog post. They're always commenting. And the super fans are checking out our stuff on other shows. Anytime we're talking mm. or putting out content anywhere, they, they follow it. And really, this helps move people down the, the chain, I'd say, from the regular reader to the fan. And, and, and the more we can do that, the more we can uh, build that connection, the better. And listening to someone, hearing their voice in your earbuds while you're in the car or you're at the gym is just a much closer connection. We, For the outsourcing business, we have clients contact us. And they know exactly how we do business because they hear us talking about it all the time. So we don't have to explain where we're coming from. They know where we're coming from already. So it makes the client engagement 
much easier because they already know, you know, what we don't do. Um, it's just a fantastic way to drive inbound leads, prospects, customers uh, that we wouldn't have had if we wouldn't have had the podcast. Yeah. And was that initially, was that mainly for the outsourcing company or, or was it for your sites, et cetera? It, it was for the niche site. So we didn't yeah. do much content for the outsourcing. And this is, uh, it's completely wrong looking back. And it's actually funny uh, that we viewed it this way, but we thought it was better to look like a large organization with the outsourcing company. So we we're very corporate, very stuffy. Our content was not very friendly. And we figured the niche stuff was a project. So we do a podcast. We write some crazy content. It's, it's, it's fine because it's not very serious for us. Funny thing is, that was such a better way to do business. I really wish we would have done that with the outsourcing company from the start. We've now combined it all under Empire Flippers uh, because we want to do the same thing with outsourcing. With all of our other business interests, we want to apply the same methodology as far as content marketing to all of the different business practices that we have. We re- we've seen the light and we're definitely heading down this route. Awesome. Awesome. Okay. So initially you were selling your sites. Did you have any information products or anything that you were selling as well? No, we really went down the free route. We believe that information wants to be free. And so trying to just bottle it up and charge for it is not going to give us the uh, greatest audience to get it out to. So rather than charge for information products, we figured we'd rather give away great information for free and charge around that information. Now, we don't have an ethical or moral issue with charging for information. You can have great information and charge for it. I just, I, we feel that there are better ways to promote your business. For example, we had a build a niche site empire ebook that we could have charged for it. And we probably could have charged 100, 200 bucks for it. But instead, we decided to give it away for free. And it's detailed exactly how we build our sites, helps people from start to finish. We gave it away for free. And because of that, I think, we were able to get more than 20,000 downloads on this ebook. So it was really, it was saving money uh, or losing money on in the short term uh, for a long-term win. And the long-term win is exposure. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So if you're not selling information, you're selling some sites. What have you added now? Yeah. So we started off just selling sites. And so we would sell sites on flippa.com, which is like the, it's like the eBay for buying and selling websites. And then we realized a lot of people wish that we weren't revealing the URLs. There's a downside mm-hmm. when you sell and you're revealing the URL to the world because you end up, especially if it's a good site, you end up with a bunch of copycats. So we had buyers ask us, hey, is there any way that you can sell to us and not share the URL publicly? We said, yeah, sure. So we started selling on our site, now Empire Flippers, and we were just selling sites. But we started to get a lot of questions about, hey, I don't, I'm, I followed your process. I know the general idea, but I'm a little nervous about the keywords. Can you help me with the keywords? And our first answer was no. We just don't do that. We have a whole process and it's the whole like human machine knocking out sites on a regular basis for ourselves. We don't really have it set up for other people. And then we started getting more of those requests. And we started thinking, that's silly since we're in this business. Shouldn't we be able to take pieces or chunks of what we do and offer that as a service to people? But we just need to figure it out a bit. Yeah, that's something I see in my businesses as well. It's, I guess that there are certain things which aren't ready to bring on customers and do. But realistically, if you're setting yourself up to take on customers for all of your internal jobs, it really means that you've got really strong standard operating procedures. And that is where you get the biggest leverage from. Yeah, that's absolutely true. We have designated process for all of our different agents to follow in each step along the way. 
And so with all these requests to actually do it for them, we figured, I listened to James Shramko quite a bit, and I listened to, I think it was him on the uh, Foolish Adventure podcast, and I swear I listened to that episode maybe two or three times, and he was talking about how to break your business down as a productized service approach, right? How to productize the service business and offer it that way. I said, well, if we could just figure this out, it would probably make sense for us to do. So we looked into it. Uh, put about a month behind, like trying to make sure we were able to deliver that for customers and then started offering it. And seriously, within a 60 day period, we were able to add about a $7,000 a month profit stream to our business by offering these productized services uh, to, to our audience, basically. And they loved it. And you know, most of our buyers are repeat customers in that area. So it's been a, a fantastic revenue stream that we didn't even, at first we were saying no to. We were like, ah, I don't know, man, that doesn't really make sense for us. But yeah, silly. <laughs> it's so much easier to go back after the fact and go, oh my God, we should have been doing this. What were we thinking? I think this is very interesting because if you look at the conversion rate from a website viewer to a service of yours against to a piece of information and look at what you can actually, I won't say extract, but what you can make to deliver a service versus to sell a piece of information, you'll find the conversion rate is a lot higher selling a service because you're selling something a lot more tangible. and. I guess to really make any decent money selling information, you need a lot of site visitors. And I, I don't know, I'm sure I'm similar to a lot of people out there. Traffic is damn hard to actually drive to your site. Yeah, I actually like not charging for information because it's also a little disruptive, right? Because when people are, there's a lot of people out there, gurus that say, oh, we need to charge for this and sell this ebook or package it this way. And when you can take that away, give better information away for free than what they're selling, then it makes them look a little silly for selling a lesser product when you're giving it away for free. So that's, it's a fun, it's a fun thing to do, honestly. Now they could try to do the same thing and offer products and services. The problem is that there's work behind everything that we're selling. Someone has to actually do something. So it's harder to give that away for free. I'm sure there's a way to do it. It's just a bit more difficult. Oh, that's right. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. All right. How have you gone about then building the team that allows you to offer these services? So we had an outsourcing team in the past, and really what our team did, what we started doing for our original client, which was our previous employer, was we started outsourcing pieces of the process that Joe and I were responsible for in the US. We started taking chunks of that and sending it to our offshore team. So as we grew the offshore team, we started sending more and more chunks of that. So they became tightly integrated with the U.S. team and what they were you know, doing and offering and you know, being a part of the uh, assembly line. And being able to uh, do that, uh, apply that same process to our own business wasn't that difficult because we had that experience of chunking it down and then offering it off you know, to someone else. So basically, we just chunked down what we we're currently doing with niche sites and started offering that, in, in addition to a couple of other things that we were doing internally and offering that away as a service too. So we plan to continue doing the same thing. As we have clients that we work with, we regularly ask them, hey, can we take a piece of your process and offer that away as a product? And if they agree to that, as long as, say for example, that you have four agents with us and they're doing something, we would ask, can we offer this as a product? Do you mind and offer it to you as a product? And most of the time, they're okay with that because they're, they're playing, paying a flat price for what they're offering rather than a monthly fee for every agent that they have. So it, it's a lot easier to balance your expenses or monitor your expenses when you're paying a flat uh, fee per in product, if that makes sense. 
Yeah, it does. It does. Okay. So I guess now, so you're producing a podcast. How often are you blogging on the site? Oh my God. No, you're, that's <laughs> not great right now, man. I've been in a blog post for about three weeks, but we do write content. I've been writing content for uh, Flippa. So I'm a guest poster over at the Flippa blog. And then I've been a part of some recent books that came out. Cody McKibben came out with a an expat business lifestyle type book. And we were guest contributors for that. And then for another book uh, that should be coming out in the future, I'm doing a, an article for that. Some of my content writing has been on other platforms recently, but yeah, I've been neglecting the blog a bit. Normally it's about probably three to five posts a month, which is what I need to get back to here soon. Yeah. What do you find gives you the biggest impact? Do you think it's the podcast for yourself or do you think it's the blogging? I think the blog, the blog posts drive more traffic, but the podcasts have a more engaged audience. Whenever we do a new podcast, we get a lot of emails, we get a lot of questions. The blog posts get a lot of comments as well, and probably more traffic because it gets that long tail traffic. So yeah, I'd say for traffic, we definitely get more from the blog posts, but engagement is key with the, uh, the podcast. Yeah, that's interesting. I, I know certainly, I guess an engagement isn't necessarily very easy to track. It's like intangible what you get from the podcast against writing a blog post, but there needs to be some sort of service which helps you track and measure the true impact that a podcast has. Yeah, I know Dan Norris was working on that a bit, and then he stopped it to focus on other projects that he had going over it informally. I think SEO Moz, the new Moz.com, has some tools uh, that will help with that, but I haven't dug into it much yet. But I was looking at their, their beta on their new product, and it looks like they may have a bit more of that, actually. Yeah. We've got podcasting, we've got blogging, bringing traffic to the site. Do you have a sort of like a back-end funnel or a funnel moving people into your products and then cross-pollinating the products? That's the idea. So, you know, we've been using uh, Office Autopilot or we just signed up uh, with Office Autopilot. Slowly but surely, we're doing some of that and being able to add tags when they click on a certain link and when they show interest in a particular product. One of the things that, that we really want to do, and we haven't been able to do it, silly that we haven't, but anyone who's bought a site from us previously we didn't actually have them tagged or be able to offer them special offers or anything. So we're doing that now. We have a list of previous site buyers, and then we can give them lead scoring based on other products they purchased from us, the amount uh, that they've spent with us. And so we can offer special things to them. Another thing we were thinking about is if they've bought a site from us in the past, we might have a staging process where we let previous buyers know, let's say 24 or 48 hours before we push the sites live. Because most many of our sites that we list sell really quickly within a day or two. Mm. So if we gave a day or two extra or before we actually put it public, there's incentive then to be a buyer because you get first dibs on any new sites that are coming out. So I think that's a, a nice incentive to become a buyer, but also support previous buyers by giving them first look at new sites. Yeah, that's a really good idea. I like it. So where do you see Empire Flippers going now? So definitely we've moved into the brokering space a bit. So we have people listing their sites and it's not just niche AdSense sites. We're talking about dropship sites, uh, e-commerce sites, uh, affiliate sites. And I really see us moving a bit more in that direction, selling 50, 70, $150,000 sites. So I, I see that uh, happening. Uh, we just, I'm not sure if we broke it, but we were right about $100,000 in uh, brokered sites last month. Uh, so in June, that was pretty exciting. So I see us as definitely heading in that direction, supporting the market a bit more, the buying and selling of sites market. 
uh, I'd like to to get into that a little bit more. And so I've been joining some uh, forums recently. Uh, Andrew Uterin has a, a forum that I joined recently to be the buy sell sites information guy, so I can help people out there and possibly doing something like that for ourselves. Um, Joe and I have talked about this uh, quite a bit recently, but from now through the end of the year, the real goal is to work on some of our backend stuff. So to clean up our uh, SOPs, to better integrate Office Autopilot into the way our, our business works today so that we can have uh, hopefully double our revenue the following year. So in 2014, we're looking for big growth. So yeah, it's a lot of backend work over the next five, six months to prepare for 2014. All right, Justin, you've shared a heap of information in this episode. I've really enjoyed it and I know our listeners certainly will. Where can our listener find out more about you? Awesome, Jake. Appreciate it. You can check us out at empireflippers.com. You can also check us out on Twitter at empireflippers. I'm, I'm on there regularly and I love to, to chat. So yeah, Absolutely. And make sure if you haven't listened to Empire Flippers listeners that you do head across there. It's certainly one of my favorite podcasts and it's, there's a lot of awesome information on there. And you actually learn a little bit about Justin and Joe. You, you really connect with them and uh, it's great seeing what works for them and what doesn't. Awesome, Jake. I really appreciate being on the show, man. It's been fantastic. And if your listeners have any questions, I'd feel free to answer them on your blog or you can come to Empire Flippers and give us a shout. Fantastic. Thank you very much, Justin. Thanks, man. 